This is Colin from Can I Justify. You're rocking Attitude Era Live with Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Swing. If you are listening to that song, you know exactly what time of the night it is. It is Attitude Era Live time here on 89.1 Ken's FM, and we have a blast of a show tonight, and we have my friends here as always. As a matter of fact, one of my good friends is walking into the studio right now. The modern nightmare Matthias has joined us. And uh, we will turn on his mic, and uh, we will see how he is. How are you, sir? Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I can hear you. My headset's a little low right now, but I'll adjust the volume later. But, yeah, I am here for another show on 89.1 Kent's FM. And, uh, you know, uh, our buddy Scott Hand, who's going to have us in this movie, The Black Ten, he's uh, running late. He had a little uh, uh, dinner party to MC, which is uh, using to help funding the film that we are going to be in, so uh, him being late is understandable. So we will, uh, we will. Uh, he, he'll join us uh, towards the second hour of the show. Uh, but I do believe uh, we have a uh, so, uh, we ha- we do have a caller. Uh, this is a number that hasn't appeared on the board for a while. Uh, I do believe we know who this is. Hello, are you on with us? Yes, I am. Hello, Matthias. Granny Hulkster. Yeah, she's been missing yes. in action for a while. She's back. How are you, Granny? Good to well, have you. Well, I'm not going to be back permanently, Icon, just so you know. Well, um, we're aware of that. I, well, yeah, well, you know, I'm sure the listeners have probably been wondering where Granny's been all these months? Well, you uh, you know you're always part of the show. Everybody knows that. We're not ever going to change that. We know that uh, you've been having some uh, you know some uh, stuff that uh, you've had to deal with, and uh, that's all understandable. And we understand that uh, family business uh, is more important than a radio show, and we know this. And everybody also knows that you're always going to be welcome whenever you're able to come back, whether it be full-time or a part-time basis. We've had a few people fill in for you uh, since you've been gone. We do miss you, and we love you a lot, and we're glad that uh, you decided to chime in and uh, let us uh, have a little update on what is new with you. Well, um, I've had a lot going on, fans, Um, you know, uh, uh, long story short, uh, back in August, my husband found out that he had a tumor on his liver that was blocking his bile duct. And after mm-hmm. three hospital stays in Tulsa, Oklahoma, two biliary drains, a gallbladder surgery, they could not remove the tumor, they finally were able to get a biopsy in December. Unfortunately, it's not very good news. It is what they call cholangiocarcinoma. It's cancer of the bile duct. Now, this type of cancer, it's rare, but it's aggressive. Is it curable? No. Because because 
Yeah, the symptoms do not start showing up till later in the stages of it. And because the tumor is on the liver blocking the bile duct, when they did the surgery in November 8th, their plan was to take the tumor, two-thirds of his liver, and his gallbladder. Well, unfortunately, the tumor was too close to an artery and a portal vein, and if they would have tried to remove the tumor, it would have cut off the blood supply to his liver and it would have killed him. So they had to stop the surgery. With that being said, he's been having issues with fluid building up inside of his stomach. He's had to have it drained twice back on December 6th. He had 7.6 liters of fluid drained off his stomach. On the 18th, he had five liters of fluid drained off. He was brought back to Springdale. He is currently in a nursing facility about five minutes from my house. But for four months, I was practically living in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Four out of the five months from August through December. And um, about a week ago, or last week, it was we have brought hospice in, and hospice will be coming to the facility to help keep him comfortable. He's not going to be able to come home, guys. Well, you know, um, you know, there's... Uh, there's no words that can uh, any of us can say uh, to make uh, the situation better or to comfort you in any way. Really, um, I've I've dealt with uh, cancer issues in my family. It's never easy, ever, and. What uh, what are your plans going forward, Granny, on this? At this point in time, I can't. I have no clue, really, because the house that I live in is an older house. It's falling apart. I can't afford to fix it up. I'm going to have to find a home for my two dogs. I'm not going to be able to keep my dogs because financially, it's. I'm barely going to have enough to take care of me let alone two 60-pound dogs. And I, unfortunately, you know, I'm not going to try to sell anything until after he passes because there's just a lot of issues. I mean, we're trying to get him on Medicaid, and there's a lot of red tape stuff that i got to deal with that I'm not going to go into on the show because nobody needs to know that. But, you know, it's just, it's a very, it's been a very challenging time for me. Um, everybody says how strong I've been, you know, and I, I've been, you know, and David has told everybody that I've been his rock. And, you know, and it's brought our relationship a lot closer together because we just celebrated our 14th wedding anniversary, the 19th of December. We've been together 20 years. We were together 20 years on the 19th of December. And if he's here by next month, by his 72nd birthday, I will really be surprised. And 
you know, no one ever wants to talk about that. And it is hard, Granny. And you know that all our listeners and all your fans and all the fans of our show, Matthias and myself and Big Swing and uh, Scott Hand, we're all praying for the best, but we know it sounds like it's going to end up being the worst. I hate to say that, but there's well, no Well, I, I, three months ago, I just kept, you know, when I turned everything over to God, I was like, this is in your hands, God. You're in control of this. And if it's your will to take him home, just let him go peacefully. That's all I'm asking is that he does not suffer with this pain. And because this fluid buildup problem that he's been having again, um, like Friday, for example, they measured his what they called the girth of his stomach. It was 104 centimeters. Saturday, it was 106 centimeters. Today, it was 108 centimeters. If they do not get that fluid off and they're going to have to put a drain in his abdominal cavity to try to keep the fluid off, but there's no guarantee that it's going to keep off because they said eventually it's going to get to the point where no matter what they do, nothing's going to work. And... If that fluid keeps building up, I'm afraid that fluid's going to get in his lungs, it's going to get in his heart, and then, you know, he'll probably be gone a lot sooner, unfortunately. I just, you know, I just wanted to take a little bit of time just to call in, give everybody an update, you know, what was going on, and, uh, you know, it... Unfortunately, you know, I mean, we all have to live for today because none of us is promised tomorrow. And, and we all learned that during COVID uh, 2020. I, I mean, you know, none of us is promised tomorrow. And so I'm dealing with everything the best way I know how, but it's, it's difficult and it's challenging, and uh, I'm just going to do the best that I can. You know, I don't know where I'm going to go. I, I'm i probably going to stay in Arkansas just because of my son being in Arkansas still. But I, I don't know. I don't know where at in Arkansas I'm going to be at yet. I, I don't know, you know. I have a lot of friends that's been constantly checking on me. They're, they've been constantly reaching out to me. They're making sure that I'm okay. I mean, you know, like I've told everybody, I'm not going to do anything stupid. But, you know, I'm just afraid that financially I'm not going to be able to make it, you know. And i got to do what i got to do. To survive, and if that means, you know, renting a room from somebody that I know, you know, because everybody's telling me, Granny, you're not going to be homeless, and I said, well, I appreciate that, but I don't want to be a burden to anybody either, so I have I have a lot of things that I've got to deal with, and I'm just, at this point in time, 
I'm not sure where I'm going to go with this. Well, you know, Granny, if you uh, need uh, help with anything, whether uh, we start a GoFundMe or something for you, uh, let us know. We can work on that. Uh, we have uh, Matthias, myself, uh, Scott Hand. We all have uh, outer reaches uh, on social media, so uh, you're not by yourself. You can always reach out to one oh, of I, us. I, 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 I know. Right I know I'm not by myself. I have my Wrestling for a Cause family. I have my wrestling family. I have my church family. I have a lot of people that's been there for me through all of this in more ways than one and uh, you know it, it is what it is and unfortunately it's just the sad thing is because the symptoms don't start showing up till later in the stages see he was actually still working up until the 23rd of August when all this started he was actually at work when I had to take him to the doctor that first day, that first time, back in August. And we didn't find out he had the tumor until the 28th of August. So we have no clue how long he's even had this problem. When he went into the hospital, the 31st of August was the first time he had been in a hospital since he was 14 years old to have his tonsils out. We're talking 58 years, guys. This man has never hardly been sick, except maybe an occasional cold. And now, all of a sudden, he has this monster called cancer that we can't do anything about. And it is so unfair because I told him when when we first found out, because they believed it was cancer back in August, but we just couldn't get a biopsy right, right away. And they had to be really careful how they got that biopsy so they didn't, you know, nick that artery or that vein or whatever. And I told him, I said, if I could take your pain away and take the cancer out of your body and put it in mine, I would, but I can't. And it's so unfair for a man to be so independent. And, I mean, he was doing everything for us. And then I had to step up and start doing everything for us. And as you all know, I'm not in the best health myself, you know, to do a lot of stuff that I'm having to do right now. I mean, I've got a storage building I've got to go through. I've got to get rid of stuff. I've got to sell stuff. I've got to, you know, I mean, I've got a, I've got a lot on my plate, you know, and I'm going to be, for the next several months, even after, depending on when it is he goes home, you know, he which he'll never be able to come home, home. I mean, when I say go home, I'm I'm talking about when the good Lord's ready to take him home to heaven, you know, then that's when I have to get busy and start doing what I have to do. But I know you're getting ready to do your guest and everything, but I might listen for a little while. I honestly don't know how long I'm going to stay on to be perfectly honest, because it's been, um, you know, the weather's been cold. You know, I had to have my dogs in the house, inside the house for a few nights, so I didn't get a lot of sleep for the few nights I had my dogs in the house. Luckily, they were able to go back out today. It's starting to get a little warmer, thank goodness, this week. But um, so I honestly don't know how long I'm going to be on here, but I just... Oh. 
wanted to... Well, I'll tell you what, stay, uh, stay on long as you can. Um, and uh, if uh, you can... Uh, if you can uh, stay on to the other show, we'll bring you back on at the end of the show, and we can talk a little more. But our first guest is waiting in the wings. And uh, we're going to take a quick little commercial break here. Uh, we'll be back with our first guest. And uh, Granny, hopefully you can stick with us. Uh, but we'll be back after these messages, so stick with us, everybody. Uh, we have uh, stuff to follow, so stick with us and summer projects include some concrete work. Elevated Concrete can help. They can be reached at 701-866-9018 or at Elevated Concrete on Facebook. Their concrete work includes driveways, sidewalks, walkways, approaches, garage floors, patios, and shed pads. Plus, they offer decorative or stamped concrete as well. And all estimates are free. They are ready right now for any concrete project you have. That's Elevated Concrete at 701-866-9018. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. She has her book in hand, and she's going to tell us all about it. She's going to tell us about how tying the knot is a fun thing. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you at this time our first guest of the night. She is Julia Gretzbach. Hey, this is Julia Gritzbach. You're listening to the Attitude Era Monday, live Mondays on 89.1 Ken's FM. Your hosts are The Icon with The Big Swing, also featuring Scott the Director Hand and The Modern Nightmare Matthias. Hey, Julia, thank you for joining us. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here. How are you guys doing? Well, we're doing pretty good. Here's how we're going to do this here. Uh, I'm going to uh, – I'll ask you a few questions, and then we'll do a roundtable, then we'll come back to me, and I'll ask you the tougher questions. Uh, but uh, before <laughs> okay. we do that, uh, you know, we, uh, you know we, we're, we're going to try and pick things up a little bit. I'm still trying to um, collect myself after uh, – uh, hearing from Granny, but uh, we'll, we will yeah. press on and uh, hope if uh, if Granny has a uh, question, we'll we'll ask. If not, we'll con- we'll continue. But give us a background about yourself, then we'll have some fun with the interview. Go ahead. Yeah, of course. Um, well, yeah, definitely hope Granny and everything's good there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm based in Connecticut. Um, I'm a figure skater, writer, author actor, singer, (laughs) kind of do it all. Um, But, yeah, so, and I wrote a book in 2022 um, called Tie the Knot. It's a murder mystery thriller romance. Um, You can always get it on Amazon if you want. (laughs) And I'm working on the second book, and I'm also working on my first pilot episode, which is based on the book. And... It's a TV series that I'm trying to do, and, yeah, that's a little bit about me, and I've been doing figure skating and being creative since I was little. Um, so, yeah, that's well, a little bit about me. Well, we have uh, Julia Gritzbach as our guest here. we got about 27 minutes here with uh, Julia. Now, I'm going to ask you a, a lot of stuff here, then we'll bring the nightmare on. Uh, uh, unfortunately, okay. you know, Scott Hand, he'll be a little late. Uh, but I just got to, no I just got to, I want to ask you about, we'll ask you about your book and I'll ask you about figure skating. I, I've always wanted to know about figure skating. Uh, now when you, when you do figure skating and, uh, now did you, did you try and uh, qualify for the Olympics or, uh, is it just a hobby? 
Um, I mean, I definitely wish I did the Olympics. That would have been cool. But, yeah, I mean, I definitely didn't. I stopped it when I was doing um, the axle. Um, I did that for 13 years, but I did do it synchronized skating. Um, so I did travel a little bit for that. Um, and then, yeah, so no, unfortunately not the Olympics, but that would have been, that would have been really cool. So I got to ask you when, uh, when you, uh, find out that your book, your second book becomes a number one New York times bestseller. Are you going to put on the roller (laughs) skates and do a a triple Lutz all around the ring? (laughs) Um, I definitely would have to figure out how to do that again. Um, I haven't gotten that far up there. Um, but I would love to do that. Um, like I would love, I honestly, I have taught skating before, but yeah, I would love to do, um, like shows and stuff for everyone and teach people how to skate. <laughs> and we do have a, we do have a, uh, a special thing for you, at, uh, towards the end of the interview, but, uh, let me bring on, uh, my co-host, uh, we'll start with, uh, Matthias. And now Matthias, I know you've always had a thing for uh figure skater. So what do you got? Go ahead. Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed APW World Heavyweight Champion and NSC World Tag Team Champion and soon-to-be NSC World Heavyweight Champion, Ruta's Promotion All-Weight Champion and APW United States Champion and honorary member of the New World Order. Matthias, welcome on to my part of the program. As been paid for by the New World Order. Again, welcome to my <laughs> part of the program. Um, so my main question that I would hand over to you right now, because I'm trying to uh, think of some questions that are worth mm-hmm. asking, um, but my main question you would be, when people go out for interviews and stuff, they, they some People ask this question, so people don't, uh, but you'll always get a varied answer uh, depending on who you ask. So my main question to you would be, who would you say is one of your heroes or main influences throughout your life that that uh, led you down the career path that you've chosen so far or the life path that you've chosen so far? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I honestly would say um, – I mean, honestly, at the for the last like ten and a half years, it was it would definitely be uh, my favorite singer, Danielle Bradbury, um, who won The Voice uh, season four. Um, but she's a singer, so she's more creative. But I do always look up to her um, for her vulnerability and being real. Um, and I also really just love how authentic she is, and I always do try to be as authentic as I can. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think for me, just like Daniel Bradbury is just someone I always have looked up for the last, like I said, 10 years. Um, but figure skating wise, I would say Michelle Kwan, <laughs> but yeah, so. <laughs> Sounds good. And then, uh, what would you say? Cause I guess I'll, I'll dig into figure skating really quick. Um, mm-hmm. it's just like with, with me and, uh, professional wrestling, there mm-hmm. you have to be like you have to be on point like when you're doing mm-hmm. your your stunts and all that versus where I'm in the ring like you have to be on point or else serious injury mm-hmm. can occur and stuff like that what was uh was there a main like was there a big time struggle you had to go through when you were 
doing figure skating, or did it all kind of just come to you, you know, relatively easy, but you still had to, like, you know, train and stuff? That's a great question. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like figure skating, people think it's easy. Um, it's definitely not as easy as people think it is. Um, I would say, for me at least, um, I did start it in the fourth, fifth grade. So for me, it was a little bit kind of just getting started. Um, and it just, when I started uh, figure skating, I realized, like, I was, mm, I'm trying to figure out the words, like, I was my most, like, authentic and, like, free self, I guess you could say. Um, gotcha. But I would say there's definitely struggles for sure. Like, there is definitely, like, body um, body image issues I was working through, but I also just, yeah, just kind of, like, yeah, that was kind of the main thing for me. But I feel like for me it was just more of, like, a hard work paid off. And then uh, my last thing would uh, would be, Describe the feeling that you get right before you go out and you're about to either you're right before you get out on the ice or right before you go out and perform in front of a crowd or whatever it's like mm -hmm. that. Uh, explain what goes through your mind uh, as you're about to go out there and do something that is relatively uh, big. Yeah, um, that's a really great question. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, for figure skating, um, I think – more so for acting, I feel like for me, it's more so like a self-doubt comes up and I'm like, what if I kind of freeze up? What if, like, what if I mess up my lines or something like that? Um, but I think also at the end of the day, it is like, you do get, I mean, for me, at least I can speak, um, I do get nerves and I do kind of have like that self-doubt and like, oh, like, what if something goes wrong? But what, as soon as I notice that, I do realize like the switch and I do um, try to be as positive, positive as possible um, and kind of switch the mindset to more of a, I can do this, whatever happens, I can get through it. So that's kind of what I've been uh, more so realizing from performing and everything. Awesome. We have uh, Julia Grisbach as our guest here, and uh, I'm going to introduce you to uh, Granny Hulkster. Now, you guys uh, do have a few things in common. Uh, you guys are both dog moms. So, uh, Granny, what do you have for our guest? Go ahead. Well, welcome to the show. Um, I used to be a co-host on the show. It's been a while since I've – quite a while since I've been on here, like almost six months. Oh, I've had wow. some – personal issues that I've been dealing with. But, um, yes, I am a dog mom. I have two dogs. I love my dogs. I love my fur babies. Um, <laughs> I guess my question to you is what has been one of your most challenging competitions that you ever had to be a part of when it came to your ice skating? Oh, wow. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Um, yeah, I'm a fellow dog mom, too. I have a Cavalier. He's sleeping right now. Um, I think for me, it would be, um, <laughs> um, I think at least, I mean, for figure skating-wise, I would say definitely when I did synchronized skating, um, I think for me, especially when I went to, like, um, what was it, um, Atlanta, Georgia, um, that was definitely very hectic as far as just making sure everyone was good with, um, like, the team members, you know. 
because you're not because I have done a lot of solo shows so that's different you just depend on yourself so I think for me it's definitely the synchronized depending on other people that was more so um the most challenging okay uh, Julia Gritzbach is our guest here. Uh, she's a figure skater, and she's also a writer. So I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, your book. We have about 18 minutes here mm-hmm. with uh, Julia. Uh, it's called Tie the Knot, A Story of Romance and Mystery with a Twist. So uh, basically the guy asked the gal to marry him, and then she, uh, she says no in front of 5,000 people. Tell us about it. <laughs> um. Not not quite. Um, so it's actually yes, it is a like a thriller murder mystery. Um, basically, uh, the gist of it is a accidental killer. Um, he gets into a incident with his ex wife. Um, it does come back up when he moves from Connecticut or from New York to Connecticut. Um, he meets a new girl. Um, she doesn't know anything about his past or anything. Um, so when the murder of his ex-wife comes back up, he kind of has to um, he has to figure out ways to hide it from her. Um, but also, the ex-wife is may or may not be dead. Wow, that's interesting. Uh, Julia Gritzbox, <laughs> yes, we've got about uh, 16 minutes here with Julia. Uh, and for those of you who listen to our uh, radio show from time to time, if you go to our Facebook page, Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday, like that. Go to 89.1 Kids FM page, like that. Do a $10 a month donation to Power of the Shower. We'll get you automatically qualified to win an autographed picture from a past guest, current guest, or future guest. And I do believe, uh, Julia, you are sending us a few, or you have? Yes. Um, yes, I'm. Uh, they got lost in the mail, so they're coming, and I will be sending them to you shortly. I'm just waiting for them. And uh, my wife was wondering if you'd be willing to send her an autographed copy of the book. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I have extras here. Um, does she want right. a paperback or a soft cover? Uh, so, uh, soft cover. You can let me great. know later. Okay. Sure. Yeah, sure. no problem. And- and then you could sign it like, because I, I, I believe she, uh, she's not listening right now, so you could say, uh, uh, to, uh, to be from Julia, you made a great decision when you married the icon, something like that. <laughs> okay, you got it. Awesome. Well, let's uh, let's get back to let's get back to talking about you now. So, when you uh, you know you mentioned you have another book that you're working on, uh, could you tell us about that, or is are you uh, does that still have to stand to wraps? Um, so it's, no, so it's, um, so the Tie the Knot, it's a trilogy, so it's the second of the three. What was the first one? Uh, so the first one's Tie the Knot, so it's, it's the second one of the, um, like, series. So it'll be two, it'll, I'm working on the second one out of three. Okay, do do you have a title for that one yet? No, I'm still working on that one. I haven't figured it out yet. I'm trying to kind of work on the puns, but I haven't (laughs) figured that out yet. So basically, you, you know where you you have the start of the story. Now you're working on the middle, and you already know how it's going to end. Or are you mm-hmm. uh, waiting to see how this progresses? Um, I have a, I definitely have an idea of how I want it to end. Um, yeah, definitely working in the middle right now. Um, but yeah, so just kind of trying to work out the kinks of everything for the first story to kind of 
make it make sense in the second one. And also it'll be more, the second one will be more focused on um, the main character's love interest uh, point of view. And is this one of those situations where as you write the books, you'd like to eventually see them turn into like a movie of the week or uh, a big production, something like that? Is that a goal? Yeah, so I am actually working on um, turning my book into a TV series. Um, so I am working on, right now I'm working on um, a script for the pilot episode for like a TV series. And, you know, here's the good news because our fans knew this was coming. If you need uh, someone to come and be an extra in that uh, TV series, I'm all game. You won't have to pay me until it makes a million. <laughs> I will definitely keep that in mind. Um, I would definitely love to have you guys there. That would be awesome. And I can guarantee you it would be the number one rated uh, TV show in Fargo, North Dakota, because me and Matthias would be on it. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, Julia Grisbox, <laughs> just here. we got about uh, 13 minutes. So it, so we can do this here, then I'll ask you a few more questions here. Mm -hmm. uh, if our fans want to check you out and see, do you got a Facebook, an Instagram, YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok? What do you got? <laughs> Um, yes. So my Facebook and my YouTube, you can search my name, Julia Gritzbach. Uh, my Instagram is amore.jewel, so A-M-O-R-E uh, period, J-U-L-E-S. And I have a TikTok. I don't really post much except my dog. Um, I don't remember the name of it. Um, and yeah, but those are the main ones I use. And if I'm not mistaken, you have a big event coming up in a month, don't you? Um, possibly. <laughs> well, here's a hint. That's, that's from the uh, Icon Orchestra, uh, and I they wanted that. me to play that for you. How are, uh, uh, it, yeah, you got a birthday in about a month, and I do believe you'll be, yeah. uh, 31. what, 21? Is, 31, 31. No, okay. I'll be 31, yeah. <laughs> that's going to that's be awesome. And uh, so now we, we talked about uh, the first part, now the second part. When did you plan on wanting to release part two of the trilogy? That's a great I that's a great question. Um I really want to I really want to release it I would say in the summertime. Um I just have to sit down and actually like start continuing writing. Um I just took like a little break of writing, but I'm hoping by latest hopefully like August. So hopefully then, sooner. And with that being said, then, uh, do you have a time frame on when you want to release part three? Mm, that's a great question. Um, I'm hoping, I mean, I definitely don't want to keep the fans waiting because um, I know they have been waiting a little bit from the first one. Um, so, yeah, I would I would like to release that probably like six months after um, just to keep the, um, like, momentum going. And when you uh... – when, when you are, you know, when you're sitting down and write, uh, writing these, and you, uh, you're, you're, you're starting to develop the story, uh, as you're writing, mm -hmm. do you uh, 
do you feel that uh, you you have it set on on how you want the story to go, or is it all going to be depending on how uh, the book does and where, like, if certain characters stay or go? That's a great question. Um, I feel like, I mean, I did initially have, like, a brainstorming as far as characters I wanted and kind of, like, inspirations of, like, who the characters kind of portray and, like, look like in my eyes, at least. Um, I feel like for that, um, some of the minor characters in the first book, um, they are becoming bigger characters. Um, so I feel like for me, it's definitely like a ebb and flow, and it is kind of interchanging. Um, so I feel like for me, I do try to put um, like a brainstorm down, but it has changed definitely over the years, just trying to like um, go with the flow and just not limit my creativity. And, you know, that, that's, uh, that's actually pretty cool because with the main characters in the in the first story, mm-hmm. you do have, uh, you do have the idea when you, you sat down and started writing the first book, you, did you know mm-hmm. right away that this would be a trilogy, or did you start writing like realize, like, there's more I can tell with these characters? Um, initially, no. Um, I, so initially, I just kind of wanted it to be a one and done and, like, make it into, like, a movie. Um, but I did realize kind of halfway halfway through it um i did want to write i did want to explore more of the characters um and i do have a bit of like i do have a bit of taboo topics in there as far as like adoption which isn't really talked about much um and then just kind of following your dreams because i mean obviously everyone talks about that um but i think more just the so basically the main character's love interest that is based off of me sort of um, so I do try to put my experiences in her, you know, but I also do try to have everyone um, see her however they see her. You know what I mean? And one of the things I was going to ask you, over the, the span mm-hmm. of the three books, uh, what is mm-hmm. the time frame, how long, uh, how long it is? Uh, is it uh, three years, four years, five years, ten years, fifteen um, that's a great question. Um, it's definitely in a span of, mm, for right now, it is in a span of, well, within like a year or two. Um, it was initially longer for the time lapse as far as like the flashback scenes. Um, but I did realize that the timing didn't work out as well as I wanted it to. So I made it, um, less in the future, if that makes sense. That is, that is cool. And like I say, this is, a, this is such a powerful story. I can see this becoming, like you mentioned, a TV series, but I can also see this becoming a, like, lifetime movie of the week. You know, like a Sunday huh. night, uh, uh, Sunday night, 8 o'clock, lifetime movie network. I mean, that would be cool. Um, definitely one of my goals to be on Lifetime or Hallmark. So that would be really cool to be on there. That would be awesome. And if you were to guess, and I can understand if you don't want to answer this question, but if you were to pick who would, mm-hmm. what actors and actresses would play the two main characters, who would you want? 
to play the main characters? Um, <laughs> I would definitely love if um, Jensen Ackles was the main character um, of Ryan Rosado, um, which, if people don't know, Jensen is the main character in Supernatural. Um, and then for the girl character, I would love to play her <laughs> just because Jensen is my celebrity crush. Um, but <laughs> I mean, if I, if in a perfect world, but, um, I haven't thought about, um, other actresses as far as Catherine, which is the love interest. Um, but I mean, if anything, I would say maybe Mila, uh, Mila Kunis, but those are kind of the dream actors I would love to work with. Well, you know, because I was kind of thinking you were going to say, like, yeah, I'd like to have George Clooney and Ben Affleck and <laughs> Julia Roberts. <laughs> Definitely not, no. <laughs> no. Or even, no, they're uh, good. Or, they're amazing. Or but even no. Dakota Johnson. No, yeah, she she would be good, too. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, there's those – Jensen's definitely the front runner for sure. We have a great guest here, and it's Julia Grisbach, and she's got a great book called Tie the Knot, and she's having a trilogy. And part one is out now, and I believe you can get that on Amazon. You can get it on Kindle. Mm-hmm. You can get a hardcover, paperback. And if you uh, if you uh, do what I instructed earlier, you might have a chance to win a copy. So uh, pay attention to that. And, uh, Julia, we're kind of hoping that when you're ready to release Part 2 and Part 3, you'd be willing to come back on the show and we could uh, be your medium to promote your stories. I would love that. That's so nice. I would. That's amazing. I would love to do that. So what I want you to do is I want you to uh, keep in contact with me. Uh, okay. You, I, I do have your number. I understand that you never want to answer the phone again because you got my number blocked. But anyway... <laughs> Uh, you know, just oh God, uh, no. send me <laughs> send me a message on Facebook and uh, let me know that uh, you know, uh, hey, I, I found out my book's gonna come out in a month or two months or whatever. And then uh, the closer we get to it, uh, we'll have you back on and we'll we'll have you promote it and we'll get more sales for you. Oh, that's that's really sweet. Thank you so much. I really really appreciate that. And last but not least, if uh, if you were to say one thing about uh, the upcoming book, what would you mm-hmm. uh, tell fans to expect without giving away too much? <laughs> um, definitely a lot of, um, yeah, I feel like it would give it away, but I would say a lot of uh, plot twists you're not expecting. Um, the cliffhanger that you were left with in book one, um, you may or may not um, see or think you know what happens with um, Ryan's ex-wife, the main character's ex-wife. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of plot twists um, and turns, and hopefully it'll keep you on your seat. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, I like that answer a lot better than the one author we had. He said... You can expect about 250 pages. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I asked, what can we expect in that book? He said, you can expect about 250 pages. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's well, I'll tell you I what. I don't have uh, a book app. <laughs> 
Well, let me ask you this though: if you if you uh, do you have a goal about how many pages you would want to have it in? Um, I believe the first one's like one. I think it's a rough, a little under one fifty. Um, I mean, I would say, yeah. I mean, the two hundred two fifty mark pages wise, um, that's not a bad like stopping point, especially for the second book. And then, is, and then you're just gonna have that cliffhanger, and then you're gonna have <laughs> people wait for like six or seven months to find out what is going to happen. <laughs> I'm gonna try to do it. Awesome. Well, no problem. What, we want to thank you very much for taking time on your schedule to join us. You have been wonderful, and we are definitely gonna have you on again when you uh, bring out part two. Yes, I am so excited. I, I can't really put into words how much that means to me. So thank you so much, and I really enjoyed my time here. Um, and, yeah, definitely we'll keep in contact with everyone. Um, well, with you. I don't know everyone's info. But, anyways, <laughs> just thank you so I, much. I, I really I, appreciate it. I, I promise I will not share your number with anybody else. I promise that. And, by the <laughs> way, happy early birthday. Thank you for being with us. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys. Thank All you. right. That was Julia Gritzbach, ladies and gentlemen. That was awesome. Uh, hey, Matthias, uh, maybe we can uh, – uh, I can sweet talk or we can have you in part three. It's like uh, the uh, the guy that steals the uh, the main character away or something like that. Well, I am the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, so let's make it happen. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, we are going to take a quick commercial break. Our next guest is waiting in the wings. We'll be right back after we hear these messages, so stick with us. The new Wood Spring Suites of Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North Interchange, is an extended-stay, pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Which Spring Suites of Fargo, rated 4.2 by Trust Score. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, she is the next guest on the docket. She's a tattoo artist. She is an actress. She can tell you all about Friday the 13th Vengeance. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you our guest at this time. She is Amber. Hey guys, this is Amber Brooke. You're listening to the Attitude Era Monday Live. Mondays on 89.1 Ken's FM, and your hosts are the Icon with the Big Swing, also featuring Scott, the Director Hand, and the Modern Nightmare Matthias. What's up, guys? Hey Amber, how are you? Good to have you with us tonight. It's good to have you uh, with us and uh, talking to us. It's going to be fun. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I actually just woke up from a nap. <laughs> All right, so uh, here's what we're going to do here. I'm going to ask you a few questions, and then we'll do a roundtable, and then uh, we'll come back to me and I'll ask you the tougher questions. But uh, if you want to give us a quick little background about yourself, then we'll have some fun. Go ahead. Awesome. Well, I am a model and actress, and I do mostly horror movies. I've got a few things coming up to look out for, a fun alien movie in the summer, and then a what I can't really tell much about it because it's a surprise in the works. We haven't started filming yet, but it's a fun horror movie to go along with one of the main killers there. So 
I'm not going to tell you anymore about that. But yeah, I'm a, I love horror. I love being crazy and fun and spending time with my family and yeah, doing this fun shit. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, uh, we, uh, we're, we're going to, we're going to have a lot of fun here with you. And I know that, uh, the modern nightmare is going to have a lot of fun talking to you because he is our resident horror film guru. So we'll, we'll bring him out here in just a second. But before we do that, let's talk about some of the projects that, uh, that you're known for and what you're about to be in, and I'll understand what you can't talk about and what you can't talk about. I'll fully understand that. But uh, let's see, we got uh, Friday the 13th, Vengeance 2, Bloodline, and some of the upcoming projects you have, Turn Up, uh, Turn Up the Night. Uh, you play the 80s pool party girl. I can't wait to uh, uh, talk to that one. Uh, uh, then the Farmhouse Murders, and then 259, and uh, Omnis Alien Invasion 2. Wow, you got a you got a full docket ahead. Yes, yes, they're all really fun. Um, Two fifty nine, we wrapped up filming in June, and that's a blast. That is a possession horror movie. Friday the Thirteenth, Vengeance is obviously Friday the Thirteenth, <laughs> but that is out and it's on YouTube for free for everyone to watch, and it is a blast. Let's see, Amis is the one that we're going to be filming this coming June. And that's the alien one. That is going to be a lot of fun. It's a little bit different for me. I've never done a sci-fi. It's mostly horror, so this is going to be great. And Farmhouse, I just have a small little cameo in, but I'm excited about that one. And uh, uh, how about uh, Turn Up the Night, the 80s pool party girl? Is that uh, one of those uh, like late-night USA up-all-night type movies? <laughs> Well, I guess kind of. It was actually filmed quite a while ago, right after I did Vengeance 2. And uh, I, it was just like a really small cameo. But it's going to be a fun movie. It's based on a fictional band called Boy Elroy. And uh, they get they get up to some wild stuff. So it'll be fun. It's, it's your typical, like, 80s rock band. <laughs> so it's going to be cool. Yeah, I love the tagline, the rise and fall of late 80s hard rock, hair bands, boy Elroy. I can't wait. That's yeah. going to be cool. Uh, Amber Bush, yeah. I guess you're on 89.1 Kids FM. And uh, uh, now I'm going to bring on Matthias here. Uh, he loves horror films, so I'm going to have to ask you a few questions about this uh, because uh, he, he's more in touch with this. Then we're going to come back, and I'm going to ask you the tougher questions. But, uh, Matthias, she was in Friday the 13th, Vengeance 2. Uh, so what do you have? Uh, we know, I know that you have horror films. Go ahead. Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed NSC World Tag Team Champion and APW World Heavyweight Champion, soon-to-be NSC World Heavyweight Champion, Rudo's Promotion All-Weight Champion, APW United States Champion, and honorary member of the New World Order, Matthias, welcome on to my part of the program. And he has no ego at all. Definitely no ego, but I'm, uh, <laughs> it's called self-confidence. Uh, there's a difference. Anyway, uh, as Icon did mention, yes, I am a, a huge fan of horror films. Uh, it is actually my favorite genre of film next to comedy. Um, what would you say is your favorite sub-genre of horror film? Oh, gosh. Um... <laughs> I'm a and huge you can't say this show because that would be too easy. 
I got to go with, like, flashers, and I do. Oh, you're speaking my language. Dang, that is such a hard question. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with flashers, and then got to do the possession after that, possession movies. Okay, yeah, we're gonna have, we're gonna have a little fun talking here really quick before Icon comes back <laughs> on. So, uh, what was your first ever horror film that you ever saw growing up? Oh, easy! It was Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Okay, okay. Uh, I love I love that movie. You're, so you're gonna knock my block off? Yeah. The one uh, my my uh, first Third. ever horror film that I ever got to see. And it is actually probably one of my favorite horror films of all time was the original Scream from 1996. And it has been one of my favorite uh, actual series of films uh, ever since because I got so interested in, in, in Wes Craven's work, which then, of course, led me into the Nightmare on Elm Street series and, and um, uh, The Thing and all that kind of stuff. So it was just, it, it kind of led me down a path of different horror films at the same time. Now, is there a specific movie that even at this age right now that you can watch that will always get to you in some sort of way, whether it's uh, a wince or a jump or a, a look away moment? Is there anything like that for you? Honestly, I don't get very scared often. But I have to say, yeah, it's very hard to scare me. Like, I'll jump occasionally, but not much. Um, I can't, like, put down a specific movie, but something that makes me turn away, what it will always make me turn away, is anything that has to do with nails. If, like, the nails are getting broken off, like, because they're scraping against the floor, that grosses me out. But other than that, nah. I'm not afraid. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, for me, honestly, there is only uh, one moment ever in a horror film that has ever got me to slightly, like, cringe. Like like you said, I don't scare easy. I don't look away. I can watch any horror film ever made, and I could just watch it with, you know, would never have to look away, don't get sick, don't whatever. Um, but one thing that, that got to me up until, like, the first time I ever saw this, I'm not – I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Hatchet series at all. I'm pretty sure you yep. are. Okay, <laughs> so the very, the very first film, uh, when the yeah. uh, old couple, the first set of kills, when the old woman gets her, when uh, Victor Crowley reaches inside her mouth and, you know, rips oh. her jaw in half. Like, yes. And you see the oh, teeth man. ripping and stuff. Like, we're... Like in real life, I've gotten locked jaw. I've had my jaw lock up, and it feels like my cheeks are just stretched to capacity. And then he just goes further than that and just basically tears her head in half. It's just, just, I like when I first ever saw it, like I could feel it in my cheeks. And that was like the one time I've ever looked away from a film. Not even looked away, just kind of like winced and glanced at a second, like, ah, I can't believe I just watched it. That's, it's creative, it's creative, I'll tell you that much. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's relatable. That's why you're so afraid of it because you can already feel it in your jaw because you get locked jaw. So yeah, I can understand why you would look away from that. That's also a really great scene. Absolutely, absolutely. Now let's dive into. We only got a few minutes before we got to take our top of the hour break. Okay. I'll let you know. I'll signal you. Well, uh, we will. I'll 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 ask you this question here because it's kind of a longer one, and then we'll do our break and I'll have you answer it. So my this next question is. 
about horror film series. So, in your opinion, out of all the slasher films, out of all the horror films in general, is there any series of films that you've seen that you think should have died before it continued? Like, it should have been done, quit making movies and stuff like that? Or would you think that a lot of the films could just continue on and there would be no issues? Oh, boy. <laughs> That's a question. <laughs> oh, everyone's going to hate question. me on this one. Yeah. I'm going to get a lot of haters on this one because I cannot stand what they did with the Halloween series. I can't. We are one, uh, are one in the same yeah. here. That last, the last couple of movies ruined it. Actually, Halloween Kills wasn't bad. It was Halloween's end, Halloween Ends that yeah, oh, that was it. Yeah, yeah. I, we have so the, bad. we have the same we have the same opinion here. Like I can't. So in, in my set, like as you just said, the Halloween, like Halloween Kills wasn't terrible, but Halloween Ends, like you said, just killed everything because in, in, in pro wrestling we have a build up. To, to a big match, you, you build this story, you, you, you set it up to where people are going to watch and they're gonna, their jaws are going to drop in awe. It's going to be a shock and awe moment. You're like, I'm ready to see this man get his butt kicked by this guy or I'm ready to see them kill each other in the ring, whatever, blah, blah, blah. This is a big buildup. Then when you finally get Michael versus Lori after 40 years it ends in literally two minutes, and there's nothing big that goes along with it. No. It's just not okay. No. no, and then it, like, spends too much time on the other guy. So it was kind of looking like they were going to make him the new Michael. And then a real Michael hides in the freaking sewer, like, Pennywise. Like, come on. What the heck? He's supposed to be this tough guy, and he's hiding in the sewer. Yeah, it well, wasn't great. Uh, and uh, then the way they killed him. Oh, uh, Amber Brooks, our guest here, we're on 89.1 Kids FM, and uh, we, we still got plenty of time here. we got about uh, 18 minutes, but our uh, top of the hour break is going to fire here shortly, uh, and then we'll be back, and then we'll continue this conversation. I, I, I am enjoying this. Uh, like I said, I cannot wait to ask my tough question. It's going to be really fun, <laughs> so be ready for that. Oh, uh, and uh, mm-hmm. our, uh, our other co-host should be joining us, uh, too, in the next part after the next segment. So uh, if you guys will all stick with us when uh, we'll be back after these messages, when it pops up, and then we'll have some more fun. Here we go. 9.1 Ken's FM. We are listener-supported radio, so the programming you hear on our station is funded by our members and these local and area businesses. So you're outside looking at that ticking time bomb of snow on your roof. A phone call to Elevated Concrete and Snow Removal will solve that problem. They can be reached at 701-866-9018 or at Elevated Concrete and Snow Removal on Facebook. Their concrete work includes driveways, sidewalks, walkways, approaches, garage floors, patios, and shed pads. Plus, they offer decorative or stamped concrete as well. And all estimates are free. Once winter is over, they are ready for any concrete project you have. Elevated Concrete and Snow Removal at 701-866-9018. 
You're listening to 89.1 Ken's FM, KNMZ, Holly Fargo-Moorhead. Independent public radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. And we are back here. Amber Brooks is our guest, and we have 16 minutes. Uh, now, let's go ahead and continue this conversation, we'll ask, and I'll ask some tougher questions. So, go ahead. Uh, let's uh, pick up where we left off. Go ahead, guys. Okay, so in regards to Halloween ends, like you said, Michael Myers hides in the, in the sewer like Pennywise. But in Halloween Kills, Lori, who is completely underused, in my opinion, completely underutilized, she states that every time Michael kills he becomes stronger. He, he becomes less human. He becomes more immortal. He becomes more, he just becomes stronger in general to the point where he killed a group of 20 people surrounding him with weapons and he just somehow came back up and just slaughtered them all and then he ends up killing Lori's daughter right at the end of the film. Now, Lori was right. completely underutilized in kills. Then we go to ends and it just all of a sudden makes uh, a new guy to replace Michael, which makes mm-hmm. absolutely no sense, because why would you replace the original killer when it says Halloween yeah. ends, which means it should end. And, I mean, right. and the whole point that, and, 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 and I'll state this too, because in the promotions for Halloween kills, they said evil dies tonight. But then they A million times. already <laughs> that the next year there was going to be another film called Halloween Ends. So then you're like, okay, so Michael Myers is clearly not going to die in this one. It's clearly not going to end, so we've got to wait till next year, which could have obviously turned a lot of people off. And that whole Michael Myers thing, like I said, the whole him versus Laurie, complete squash, just made a lot of people furious, including myself. Because I actually wanted – because, like, in the original, they had – they went up the stairs, down the stairs. They were, There was mm-hmm. slices – shots and stuff like that and all it was was oh here's a few strikes a couple of missed stabs squash with the fridge gets thrown into the into the, the shredder so it's just like you gotta be kidding me right you just completely wasted one of the best slashers in history oh yeah they dropped the ball on that one a hundred percent and i swear if i hear evil dies tonight one more time <laughs> That whole movie, it was just a constant thing. Evil dies tonight. Okay, well, kill him. Jeez. <laughs> just do <Exactly>. it already. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're absolutely right there. And then and then in other films, has there been schools that you would label as, like, a money grab or something that you just, you just think was completely pointless in any other slasher series? I'll give mine after you give yours. Um, almost every, <laughs> almost every slasher series has some horrible movie that they just made to make it. I mean, like, I love Friday the 13th, obviously, I'm in one, <laughs> but um, they have Jason X and, uh, oh, Jason Takes on Manhattan, stuff like that. Those movies were not great, but they were made. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, for me, honestly, I, I mean, and, and, it, and it's always a saying here with horror fans, you will still go see it because of the name. Like, for instance, a lot of people um, dumped on Scream. Yeah, because it was a money grab, really. Well, it's like 
they yeah. they dumped on it when they saw it, but of course they 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 announce a new scream, for instance, everybody's gonna go see it. Well then of course you're gonna have mixed opinions because certain characters aren't there or whatever the case. Right. One movie one movie that I know was really hyped up and was a complete cash grab, was completely pointless was the Child's Play 2019 remake. No point to Oh, it. yeah. Not the original villain. Everybody's changed. Settings changed. The killer didn't have the same voice. It just, it just completely dumped on the entire Chucky series. Everything was just, everything just went down. And then there's one uh, sequel, or remake, I should say, I absolutely refused to watch. And I even saw Child's Play 2019, and I was extremely disappointed. You're not going to watch the movie about your life story? Uh, that's a complete disappointment. <laughs> for, me, for me, it's an honor. For everybody else, it's a disappointing love story. But I digress. The one film I will never, ever see. I mean, my friend gave me a DVD copy of it, but I will never, ever put it in my DVD player, is the 2010 remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street. I will never, ever watch that. I will never, ever, ever waste my time watching that because the main reason, Robert England is not Freddy Krueger. That is one. I mean, I could sit there and watch the Halloween films, and Michael has had a ton of different people play him, and there's nothing wrong with that because he's a he's a tall guy who is silent, who kills people. Okay, Jason wears a mask, silent, walks, kills people. In the 2019, in the beginning, they made him more fast and more survivalist, I guess, which is whatever. But different people played him. That's okay. Nobody can replace Robert England as Freddy Krueger. Never. No, he made that character what it is. He refused to do that remake because of how they have him portrayed in that. I mean, like in the original, they have him like murdering the children and stuff like that. But in this one, they have it a bit different. And he was like, no. Never Amber again. Brooks, our guest here on 89.1 Kansas uh, FM. We've got about uh, nine minutes left here with uh, Amber. So uh, so we don't forget about doing this, Amber. If our uh, fans want to check you out and see, do you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok? What do you got? Uh, yeah, all of that, actually. Uh, I don't ever use my YouTube, but um, mostly Instagram, and it's Amber.Brooks32 on there. And then on Facebook, I have one as well, and it's the Amber Brook. And TikTok's the same as my Instagram, amber.brooks32. I'm hardly on there, though. But, yeah, mostly Instagram. Check me out on there. I post most of my uh, fun, spooky photo shoots and updates on movies and stuff. Be on the lookout for some good stuff coming. Yes. Well, you know, one thing I also got to ask you about, because it's uh, one thing that you're kind of famous for, is tattoos. I want to talk a little bit about that. How many do you have? <laughs> uh, they all kind of blend together, so I'm just going to say one big one. <laughs> and uh, how long has it uh, taken to do all, your, all the tattoos? I actually 
started the day I turned 18. So it's it's been a long time. I'm like 95 now. So <laughs> um, no, my mom and stepdad actually took me on my 18th birthday to go get my first tattoo, and ever since then I've been like in love with the art and just want to keep going until I'm covered. But um, yeah, it's been. A long time. <laughs> like, now, now, do you uh, do you plan on do you, do you plan on getting more ink done? Oh gosh, yeah, yep. I want to finish my stomach, and I'm doing a horror leg sleeve, which I started. It's not much progress, but I started it. We started with Jason and the Camp Crystal Lake sign. Now, I'll understand if you don't want to answer this question, but uh, what uh, what is the most you've ever spent for a tattoo? Um, actually not too much. I think like three fifty, four hundred. I would say. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. We uh, uh, Amber Brooks, our guest here. We got about uh, six minutes here with Amber, and then uh, our our next guest will arrive. So uh, uh, I do believe uh, our. Our other co-host is here. Uh, uh, Scott Hand is now with us. Uh, we only got a few minutes here, Scott. Uh, do you have a question for Amber, our horror film actress? Hi, I literally just got on. Um, I guess it would be what got you into horror? Um, just watching it as a kid and being obsessed with being scared. Killer Clowns from Outer Space scared the crap out of me as a child. I definitely did not want to go to any circuses. So, or, you know, I didn't want to eat any cotton candy either because you never know what's inside. But, yeah, it's just, like, the thrill of being scared, and it's so much fun. I don't think there's any other genre. I mean, like, thriller, yeah, that's great, but that's, like, a kind of like a subgenre of horror. But... There's no other genre out there that really gives you, like, the thrill like horror does. And your favorite horror movie is Killer Clowns? It's not, no. Uh, That was my first horror movie. But my actual, a lot of people get surprised because they think it's, like, Friday the 13th. But it's not. It is actually American Psycho. Okay. Good movie. It is a great uh, movie. Amber, you know, I got to tell you, my favorite horror film of all time is uh, one that's uh, going to be in production in October. It's called The Black Tent. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, uh, as a matter of fact, you're you're talking to the director of that film right now. Oh wow! Yeah. Awesome. I'd like to hear more about that. Do you have a? Uh, do you have any info on it? Oh yeah, you can basically look at the IMDb page. It's it's a horror movie. It's a supernatural thriller. It's a monster movie. Uh, it's a carnival movie. You know, it's um, it's going to be. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of doing German expressionism for this, so it's going to be like a Tim Burton looking movie. Oh heck and yeah! This is my yeah. This is my this will be my second feature length film, but it'll be my um, uh, I guess it's my fourth time as writer, co-producer, director. And I also oh, and I had awesome. to send uh, I had to send eight blank checks to get into the movie myself. <laughs> he, sure, he sure did. He sure did. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm going to check that out. 
Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, here's here's what I want to do, uh, Amber, uh, and uh, I'll ask you that for those of you who uh, listen to our show from time to time, if you go to our Facebook page, Attitude Here Monday Live Monday, like that. Go to 89.1 Kids FM page like that. Do a $10 month donation to Power of the Tower. We get you automatically qualified to win an autograph picture from a past guest, current guest, future guest. And I do believe, Amber, I do believe you are sending us a few, correct? Yes. I just have to get some more printed out, and I'll send them your way. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, Amber, here's what we would like to ask you. Uh, when uh, some of your other projects come out, uh, would you be willing to come back on with us and uh, talk about them? Because I would really like to uh, uh, talk to you more about uh, your upcoming stuff when you can talk more about them. Absolutely. Yeah, I think 259 should be out hopefully soon. I know he's been working really hard on getting that done. That one you guys are going to love. It's it's a pretty great movie. It's uh, based on a true story. So that's fun. But, yeah, I would love to come back on with you guys. And uh, I was going to ask, would you be willing to, would you be able to hook us up with the director to have him as a guest? Oh, I'm sure I could ask Cody if he'd like to come on. Yeah, I can shoot him a message. All right, that'd be cool. And then the other thing, uh, the other cool thing about the movie is you are actually uh, in the movie with Bernie from Weekend at Bernie's. Yes, he's the sweetest. He's so nice. I've got a couple of pictures I got with him. He was just your typical nice older man. <laughs> you just want to hug him. <laughs> Wait, we got we got about uh, two minutes here left with you. I, I will say one thing though about uh, Terry Kaiser. Uh, of course, he did become famous uh, for Weekend at Bernie's, but my favorite role of his will always be as Turk Logan in the movie Six Pack with him and Kenny Rogers. Yeah, yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah, he's a really good actor. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, you have been so wonderful ever. And uh, i got to ask one quick question before we kick her out of here. No, uh, you cannot be her bodyguard. Uh, Saw X, the new <laughs> Saw film, what did you think of it? What was that? Sorry. The new Saw film, Saw X, did you go see it? Uh, we actually watched it at home. That wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, but did I you... think they need to stop missing them. <laughs> Okay, uh, if I can find your social media, we'll have a discussion about that later because I know we got a, we unfortunately got less than a minute with you, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, yep. as a matter of fact, we got exactly 65 seconds. Well, dang, yeah, message me on uh, Instagram. We'll talk about it. Cool, I'll make sure I get a hold of you. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what. You have been so wonderful, Amber. And like I say, if you could uh, hook us up with uh, uh, the director, uh, I would uh, definitely uh, – uh, well, I'm, I'm already in for your debt because you actually gave me your phone number, so uh, I'll be in your debt for the rest of your life, kind of like I am with, like, Scott and Matthias. But uh, I don't think I'll ever be able to pay this stuff off. But anyway, uh, you have been awesome, and we're glad that you were here, and we, we are going to have you on again. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. All right, that was Amber Brooks, ladies and gentlemen. We need to take one more commercial break here, and uh, when we come back, the magic is with us. So stick around. We'll be right back. 
As you know, 89.1 Ken's FM is funded through donations by our listeners and sponsorships from area businesses. If your business would like to sponsor Ken's FM and reach thousands of young adults and college students every day, contact us at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. Any one of us can help you get your sponsorship started. We have many packages available to fit your budget. So contact us today at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. And thanks for listening to 89.1 Ken's FM. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, he's a fire breather. He's an illusionist. He will keep you on the edge of your seat. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Travis Nye, the magician guy. Hey, this is Travis Nye. You're listening to the Attitude Era Monday Live Mondays on 89.1. Ken's FM, your hosts are the icon, the big swing, also featuring Scott, the director hand, and the modern nightmare messiah. Hey, Travis, how are you? Thanks for uh, taking time off of your magic trip to join us. Absolutely, buddy. I'm happy to be here, happy to be chatting with you guys. All right, well, here's what we're going to do this, Travis. I'm going to ask you a few questions, and we'll do a roundtable, and we'll come back to me, and I'll ask you the tougher questions. Uh, but first off, we want you to give us a little background about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, I'm 30, 38 years old now. Uh, I've been doing magic for over 17 years. It's hard to keep track how long I've been doing it at this point. But, uh, yeah, just kind of started out doing magic as just a kid. Got a magic kit, kind of stuck with it, kept going, kept performing. Got my first gig as a, a table-side magician, as a, uh, just doing close-up stuff for people. And just kind of kept going from there, started doing corporate gigs colleges, uh, you name it, just traveling around doing magic stuff. And uh, one of the cool things, uh, and I, I've, I've seen you perform a few times, uh, one of the things that I find amazing is the fact that uh, you like to uh, breathe fire and eat fire. I'm just kind of curious, what kind of training do you have to go through to do that so you don't become a permanent fireball? Yeah, so I'm probably not the best person to ask because I did not go through the proper training for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I originally read some of the instructions because I'm like a book, and right away in bold print, like every fifth page, it says, do not try this. This is for educational purposes. Find a live person to train you uh, in person. This is extremely dangerous. Uh, but I feel like I had read enough about it, watched enough about it, that I knew all the precautions, and I just went for it. Uh, and I will say that it probably would have been better if I had an actual person teaching me and a, and a little less uh, burn marks. So basically, uh, you'll, uh, there's a reason why you don't, uh, as a magician, have a goatee, because you don't want to cinch that off the hard way. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I, and I live in South Dakota where it's just windy all the time. Um, so, yeah, it's hard to even do that outside at all. So I, I, I try to only do it inside for that reason. You know, it, it's it's cool, you know, you, uh, that you live uh, a state away from us. Of course, you know that we're in Fargo, North Dakota here on 89.1 Kens FM. Uh, Travis Nice, our guest here, we've got about uh, 32 minutes. Uh there is a lot of stuff about magic I'm going to ask you. And, uh, you know, the cool thing about uh, magic is you do see a lot of magic uh, acts in carnivals. 
And uh, if anybody yeah. knows about a good carnival-making movie, it's uh, our next uh, co-host. His name is Scott Hand, and he's got a movie called The Black Chen. It's kind of a carnival film. Uh, so, uh, Scott, what do you have? Go ahead. Hi, Travis. How are you? I'm doing great, bud. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Yeah, my next movie, The Black Ten, actually is the story about a magician, but it's a horror film. So it's, uh, okay. it's a carnival movie, and it's the monster movie, and it's very supernatural. But um, I know you said you've been Well, I, I was thinking if he, if he ever uh, burns the top of his mouth, that would be a horror story. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, uh, I've, yeah. I've got a good story for you, then, if you want something like that. Sure, let's hear it. Oh, okay, yeah, we can do that now. So uh, along with my fire-eating thing, I like doing stunts just in general. I feel like it blurs that line uh, between magic and, like, what's real. Um, and so along with the fire-eating, I started putting, uh, like, uh, butane or, like, the big uh, acetylene torches and stuff like that out on my tongue. So I'd actually take the torch while, you know, putting out that blue flame uh, and turn it and just press it right on my tongue and put that flame out with just my tongue. Uh, it went wrong once just because I got a little too arrogant with it and thought that this was going to be easy to do. I'd done it plenty of times. And uh, when I had turned the torch, it had gone too far, dipped off of my tongue into my cheek and actually burnt the inside of my cheek enough to where it created a scab on the outside of my cheek. Wow. Yeah, so that wasn't that wasn't great. <laughs> no. No, no, well, I, I didn't want to inter- interrupt your question, Scott. Scott, go ahead. What's your, what's your question? My question to him, well, I, I already asked it. Um, I asked him about uh, basically when you're, you know, do you, obviously you must be doing a lot of practice, you know, for, I would imagine, before you're going on for your shows. Um, like what kind of, like, in addition, I know you talk a lot about fire, pyrotechnics, but what kind of other stuff do you do as well? Yeah, so, I mean, as far as, like, the illusion, the sleight of hand stuff, um, you know, not to pull the curtain away too much, but a lot of that stuff is really easy to do. Anybody can learn it with just a few hours of practice. Uh, What makes it really difficult is making it entertaining, and that's the hard part, and that's what took me the longest to learn, because anybody can go up there and make something disappear. But at the end of the day, if somebody just says, how did you do it, then I didn't do my job as a magician. I have to actually entertain the audience to where they forget that there is a method, that they are just simply there for a show. And believe it or not, the things that I'm doing, they're not all real. Magic isn't real. There's a method to right. everything. To the uh, So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So playing that part of a magician uh, is Robert uh, Houdin, who famously quoted, a magician is simply an actor playing the part of a magician. And once I learned right. that, my shows got so much better. My audience enjoyed it so much more. My reviews went up. Bookings went up. Uh, it was a big game changer for me. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Impressive. Uh, we have it is. we have the uh, Mr. Nye here as our guest here, and we're on eighty nine point one Kent FM. And uh, now, Matthias, I know that you love magicians, uh, especially those that can make uh, your. Uh, your opponents in the ring disappear and not your title. So what do you have for our guest, Travis Knight? Go ahead. Well, I was going to say uh, I'm also a magician because I tend to make everyone else's title reigns disappear, and they always go on me. But anyway, 
My name is Matthias. I am the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare. North Dakota's number one heel, current rating, defending, undisputed, all-out pro wrestling world heavyweight champion and NSC world tag team champion, soon to be Rudos promotion all-weight champion, NSC world heavyweight champion, and honorary member of the New World Order, Matthias. Welcome on to my part of the program. Yes, as I did say, I like to take uh, people's titles off their waist. I make them disappear, and they come onto mine. Now, what was my main question to you would be is what was one of your biggest influences that, or heroes that you would say uh, that kind of helped you lead into the path of magic and, and stuff like that? What kind of led you down the path to choose to be who you are today? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. Um, so I'm going to put two names out there. One of them is going to be real familiar to a lot of people. Uh, so I started doing magic when I was, like, in middle school, high school, is when I really got into it, where I was performing for, like, you know, my classmates. And, of course, that instantly made me, like, the nerdy kid in school, right? Like, I was the kid doing magic, not the sports, not the other things going on. Um, and that's what I was for the longest time. But as soon as David Blaine hit the scene with his first street magic special, overnight I instantly became the cool kid. Like, people were like, hey, did you see that guy on TV last night? I'm like, yeah, that's what I do. Let me show you. And so people started coming up to me consistently saying, like, hey, can you show me a trick? Can you show me a trick? So, that was the point where it went from just a hobby to where, like, wow, this is, people are actually wanting to see this. Uh, so that and pushed then, me forward into, like, continuing to do it, yeah. Okay. And then was there a specific trick that oh, – I'll ask this instead, because normally I like to ask if the what was the most difficult trick. Has there been a trick or a thing you wanted to do in the realm of magic – that is either A, not been done, like that you have not done yet, or has there been something that has seemed to have eluded you throughout the years that you're aiming to do? Um, you know, I've, I'm a, I've, over the years I've become a big history fan of just magic in general. And so I've become a, a big follower of uh, Harry Houdini. And one thing that amazes me is the stunts that he would perform uh, are, are very real. And so I continue to push myself trying to do some of those same stunts, and that's one of the reasons I got into fire eating a little bit. And I want to keep doing more and more of those as much as I can. Um, so as far as eluding me, yeah, I would say just the budget to build out some of these things to make them entertaining and not just somebody who's going to get arrested for doing them in public. Uh, that, that's always, you know, a, a hindrance there. But for the most part, it really comes down to educating myself on as many things as I possibly can. And so for me, I've, I've done a 24-hour bed of nails where I've laid on a bed of nails for 24 hours. People could come and stand on me, take pictures. Uh, local news came did live weather report on me, all these different things. Um, and that was great. There's videos of that out there online. Uh, but I've always wanted to do um, – a fire walk, which, you know, I see, like, people like Tony Robbins doing that stuff and motivational talks, maybe not so much since we got in a little bit of trouble for it, uh, but make that like a public spectacle where it's a big, long thing of setting down the embers, setting down the coals, whatever, letting people experience the heat for themselves as they watch it burn down and prepare and then do that long fire walk. 
Okay. Um, before I toss over Icon, I'll kind of uh, compare in a situation. Uh, as you said, you laid on a bed of nails for 24 hours and you let people, you know, stand on you and stuff. Well, me being as a professional wrestler, I tend to uh, make other things disappear, uh, such as thumbtacks or barbed wire or broken glass, uh, but those tend to actually go into my skin where they will eventually be, you know, reappear back out of my skin. Um, <laughs> sure. but, the one, but the one thing I have not done yet, as you said, you've not worked with fire yet, and there's one that's one thing I have yet to work with, and I don't know if that'll ever, you know, stand. I don't know if any company I'll ever work for is allowing me to do a fire, uh, fire spot, but, I mean, you never know. You never know. But, uh, yeah, I've, uh, sure. I've landed on some sharp things, and I've... Uh, but they tend to stand on me for a good three seconds to let it dig in, and then they finally get off of me. Uh, but then it's always yeah. fun, you know, getting them pulled out of you uh, at the end of your match. But I just wanted to say that because the second you said laid on nails, I immediately thought of the thumbtacks and the glass and barbed wire and stuff I've rolled around in for years. So, Icon, I'll pass it back over to you. And this is the Icon here. We're on 89.1 Kids FM, and uh, we have uh, – uh, Mr. Nye, the mag- the magic guy. And now, one thing I do want to ask you about, and you hear a lot about this uh, talk about Travis, the magician's code. Is that a real thing? And to be a magician, is that something you, a sacred oath you have to take? You know, it it kind of is. I mean, habits and rituals kind of change over the years. Um, one thing that a lot of people don't know is that you can buy a magic trick from a magic shop, and there's actual professional magicians out there creating tricks specifically just to sell. And when you buy these tricks, you're buying the method and you're buying, like, the actual performance material, like how to do it, the scripts, all that stuff. Um, but typically what does not come with it is the right to perform it in specific places. Like, nine times out of ten, whatever you buy – you're not going to be allowed to perform it on uh, television or radio, things like that. Um, and that's just a way to keep it a little bit more of a secret, to keep it guarded, because when things are recorded, people can go back and watch it. So the more modern magicians oath is really um, taking those rules that these magicians have created and, and abiding by those, but then also understanding, you know, the whole piracy thing is, is, is really big in the magic world, where people can go on to these, third-party websites and buy things for pennies on a dollar because a lot of it is just digital content that teaches you how to do these different methods. Um, and so that's really the magician's oath now is really kind of respecting the creators, respecting the artists, the people who put their time and energy into coming up with these ideas and putting them out there for other people to perform. So it's really respecting the artist more than the actual magician's code itself. Now, as a magician, uh, do you feel that uh, – now, don't, don't take this the wrong way, but do you feel that uh, magic is kind of like a, uh, a dying breed, like there's not very many magicians anymore? Uh, you see more like ventriloquists and stuff like that compared to magicians? No, I 100% agree with you on that. But uh, there's kind of a, a positive and negative there. So if you look at, like, national television over the last probably six years. There was a uh, TV show called Wizard Wars uh, where Penn and Teller was like the judges of that. People, two magicians would battle each other doing the best trick. Penn and Teller would vote who would won. Uh, then shortly after Wizard Wars came Penn and Teller's School Us. 
Um, and just a whole smattering of different magic-related shows. Now there's a bunch of them all over Netflix that you can watch there. Um, and then over the last five years, uh, magicians have either won America's Got Talent or they have been like the finalists in America's Got Talent. And so magic is kind of actually coming back a little bit. Um, but as far as having performing magicians, I would agree that uh, while the audiences seem to be loving magicians when they perform, there's not a lot of people practicing it. But for me as a professional, I appreciate that because that just gives me more opportunity to get bookings and go out there and perform. Now, as a, as a magician, uh, is that something that uh, you, you'd want to try and uh, get on? Like, uh, did you ever try and get on Fool Us or America's Got Talent? Yeah, so I think it was season 11 of America's Got Talent. They did a filming in Kansas City, and I went down there, and there was a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff about that that uh, seems a little shady. Uh, but they basically require you to come back multiple years in a row. They film everything. They catalog everything. And it's basically to prove that you're not just there to do one trick, but every year you can come back and uh, improve on your last performance, essentially. So they know that if you go onto a live show – that you're capable of presenting multiple ideas to the producers. Um, and there's a lot of other things I won't go into detail there, but uh, for that reason, I never actually went back for it. Um, as far as Penn & Teller Fool Us, uh, I've sent in auditions. The producers there will email me every time they get renewed for a new season. They'll just, hey, Travis, we're doing a new season. If you want to send in a new tape, please do it. Um, and so that's always kind of been there, but I've never really pushed for that one either. Uh, last year, I did actually get to go sit in on a filming of Penn and Teller Fool Us, and that was really cool to see that process as well. So. You know, uh, one of the uh, cool events that uh, um, I um, that's gonna, that was really, really cool was uh, when you were at the uh, Orpheum Theater uh, on October 30th. Uh, that, was a, that was a good show, and I, I really enjoyed your performance. Oh, good. I'm glad that you went to that one. That was one of my favorite ones to do. That was, I've done a few shows there at the Orpheum now. Uh, that one, I believe I did that with another performer. Um, yeah, I believe, uh, I, I can't remember, uh, I can't never pronounce the name. It's like The Shonish or Needs, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was cool because we went back and forth on it. And we tried so hard to create, like, a dialogue where we could go back and forth. And we didn't really want to mimic the Penn and Teller idea of two performers. But we went, his performance style is he's, like, the mentalist. Um, and so he went with that compared to where I was more of, like, the, the, the stunt guy, essentially. So those are the ones where you, you see me, like, eat the light bulbs, uh, do the needle swallowing act, uh, different things like that. And so we really tried to blend our style of performing together. And that worked pretty good. Uh, Travis Rice, our guest here on 89.1 Kansas FM. we got about uh, 17 here, uh, minutes here with uh, Travis. One thing I do want to ask, as a, um, as a magician, uh, you know, unlike being a comedian, you, you, uh, as a magician, you don't really have to put up with hecklers that much, do you, or do you? Oh, I do. Uh, but I, I thoroughly enjoy hecklers. There's always... Uh, you know, the guy in the audience that has his arms crossed who's going to be there, he's like, he's not going to fool me. Like, I'm smarter than a magician. And that's fine. I'm not there to fool you. I'm there to entertain you. And if I do fool you, then that just makes it all the better. Uh, but I remember doing a couple shows where it was for uh, 
South Dakota Contractors Association is at the Washington Pavilion in Sioux Falls. There's a few guys there that had too much to drink, and they were calling out, you know, like, oh, that's not real, that's not real. And, you know, I, you know, I apologize, sir, if somebody told you this was real, uh, you have been misled. Uh, this is a magic show as an illusion. Uh, but if you'd like to come down here, I'll show you something up close so you can witness it firsthand, and I'll give you an opportunity to call me out live on stage at how I do these tricks. So while he's focusing so hard on how these tricks actually work, I'm actually secretly doing a pickpocket routine where I'm taking his watch, I'm taking his wallet. The audience is already on my side because he's the heckler of the crowd. So while he thinks he's the big shot because he's like, yep, I see how you did that, you put it in my hand, you did this, I've already taken most of his stuff and shown the audience while I do it. So so you never wanted to like say like a heckler, hey, uh, you want to come up and eat this fire stick? No, <laughs> absolutely not. I try, I try to uh, poke fun at them a little bit, and then once they kind of get their medicine of uh, up close in person, then they, they back off. So, You know, the other cool thing about uh, being a magician is the fact that, you know, you get to wow people. And what is your – this is kind of a two-part question. What is your favorite kind of trick to uh, perform, whether it be the fire-breathing thing or a card trick or, like, pulling a rabbit out of the hat? What is your favorite type of trick to do? Yeah. Oh, man, that's such a tough question. So I started out doing magic, of course, just doing close-up sleight-of-hand cards and coins and things like that, and that's where I feel most comfortable. So when somebody says, show me a magic trick, you know, I can pull out a deck of cards and spend an hour with them, uh, and they will thoroughly enjoy every minute of it. Um, I did specifically learn the fire-eating part of it, though, because when I go out to practice new material, I just do street magic. I'll walk up to people, show them a magic trick, but so many times they'll say, like, oh, no, thank you, not interested, because they think I'm going to try to sell or scam them on something. So I started doing fire-eating, um, and it would just naturally gather a crowd because people would want to stop and see the show. Once I had a good amount of people, I'd put the fire away. I was like, all right, now let me show you what I actually do. And that's when I'd get into, like, the close-up stuff, the sleight of hand. And that's what I really enjoy the most. Uh, while the stage stuff is always fun, it's not fair for audiences, I don't think, to sit, you know, 40, 50, 60 feet away from me and watch me perform when it's so much better up close right in their hands. So it doesn't matter what kind of trick it is, but when it's that close, it just makes it so much better. Now, I'm going to ask you a question you've probably never been asked before, or you may have been, but as a magician, being able to do card tricks, uh, I would guess that, uh, like, sitting down at a poker table or a blackjack table, they probably would not, uh, they'd probably frown on that, because you could probably uh, make a uh, blackjack every time you sit down. Uh, if, if I could do real magic, sure. Fortunately, most casinos are very guarded on their playing cards, and I can't touch them. But uh, some of my private events, I, am, I was booked for a murder mystery uh, in-home private party where I was the poker dealer. And uh, nobody there at the party knew that I, I was not part of the guest list. They didn't know I was an actual entertainer coming in, that we just played it off like I was an old friend in town visiting. And so my role at the dinner theater was playing the part of a poker dealer. And the purpose was for me to just act like a normal poker dealer, but then continually stack the deck, control the cards, give people the hands that I want them to have. And then that kind of led into a magic show uh, in itself when people started catching on, like, how is he getting all these cards? How does he keep winning? 
And then I started doing a little bit more flashier moves, jazzing it up a little bit, um, and then kind of showing off. And then finally everybody figured out who I was, what I was there for, and then we did some more uh, gambling-style performances. Uh, we have uh, Travis Nye as our guest here, and uh, we still got uh, plenty of time here. We've got uh, 12 minutes here with uh, Travis. So we don't uh, forget this. If our fans want to check out and see it, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my, my go-to spots, um, I just actually closed down my TikTok and my Twitter. Uh, Twitter just didn't seem to get a lot of activity, and my TikTok was got really heavy in spam. So I will be opening that up again here in just a little while. But right now, if you ever want to find me, uh, you can just simply search Magic of Travis Nye. And if you're curious on how to spell Nye, just think of Bill Nye the Science Guy, and you'll remember me. Uh, but I am on Facebook. That's my heaviest part. Also on Instagram, where I announce where I'll be uh, for tours and private events as well. So. And uh, if our uh, if our fans uh, want to come see you perform live, and by the way, and I'm not just saying that because you're on. You do put on a great uh, you you do put on a great show, and I, and I loved every minute of it. I was spellbound the whole time. But if our fans want to see you live, what uh, is your performance schedule like coming up? Yeah, so right now I'm still kind of heavy into uh, holiday uh, parties, things like that for company events. Then I'll uh, have about a month where it's pretty slow, not much much is going on. Um, that'll be last part of February into March. And then I get into prom season. Uh, so, again, I'll be doing a lot of private events there. I'll be doing a lot of colleges, high schools, um, kind of in that time. And then I start traveling. So uh, next, next stop is I'll be in Vail, Colorado. Um, for a few weekends, I'd have to remember what state that is. Uh, but I'll I'll post all that stuff on my Facebook and where I'll be. So, um, and I'm working on a few public shows as well, where people can just get the tickets and come to the show. So, but those are yet to be announced. And uh, speaking of that, if our fans want to check you out, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? Yeah, so uh, you can find me on uh, Facebook uh, page there, just Magic of Travis Nye, uh, and Instagram, uh, same handle, Magic of Travis Nye. That's the easiest way to keep it all the same. Find me there. And uh, will you uh, be performing anywhere near uh, our area here in uh, Fargo, North Dakota? I've tried to get up there a few times to perform. Um, it's it's a little difficult. Um, trying to make those connections with some of those things. But uh, if you've got any connections for uh, venues, big or small, what, no matter what it is, uh, I would be happy to take some of those and definitely look into it. Um, nothing, nothing is more entertaining for me as a performer than performing for an audience who wants to come to a show, and I prefer those public events more than I do the private ones. If I'm not mistaken, if I, if I can say that, I, I believe you, uh, you, they can book you through comedy productions. Is that correct? Yeah, yep, I'm on there. Um, I have a few different promoters and bookers that I go through. Uh, they can also book directly through me. That'll save them a little bit of money where there's not all the different fees and things like that, too. That's just at magicoftravisnye.com. Um, fun time productions out of Minnesota, they can book me there. Um, and I have a few that book me out of uh, Vegas and stuff like that, too. You know, uh, you know, because we used to have uh, we used to have their performance here every weekend uh, when we had the the comedy club in Moorhead called uh, Courtney's, and unfortunately we don't have a comedy club here anymore, and uh, we don't get uh, we don't, I don't get to see any of those guys anymore. I'm sure that uh, uh, you you've met a lot of them and you know a lot of them that work for the the company. 
Yeah, uh, I actually, during COVID, when I wasn't traveling and anything like that, I opened up a magic shop specifically to have a theater here in Sioux Falls. And we hosted a lot of comedy events, kind of a lot of those guys came through. Uh, that was a lot of fun, and I, I kind of want to start that back up again because I closed it down last year just because I was getting busy and traveling too much. But it'd be great to open up uh, a comedy club slash, uh, like, parlor performance, things like that, too, for magicians and anybody who wants to perform. And uh, as a magician, do you do you prefer to uh, perform uh, in a, uh, a small crowd, say fifty to hundred people, or do you prefer to be in like a big arena? I like both. Um, I mean, the energy that you get from a large audience is fantastic. Uh, of course, you know, getting it all set up and the amount of time that it takes to do it is so so much work. Uh, Compared to if I go to perform for a small audience, uh, you know, that 50 to 100 people, that's a quick setup, and that feels so much more intimate because just like a comedy show, you can play off the audience a little bit better and get the whole room involved. Uh, and I think there's a more, more of a value there for my, my audience as well when they feel like they're, every seat is in the front row, essentially. Like I can talk to all of them and I can walk through the crowd. Uh, I do enjoy that a lot more. You know, and that uh, that leads me to our next question. Uh, do you like to do uh, a lot of audience participation in your shows? Yeah, as much as I can. Um, one one thing that I learned is when I first started performing, getting audience participation, I would ask for a volunteer, and I found that when it comes to adults, that is the hardest thing to get. Most people will kind of stop, they'll look around. Uh, so I always say I have two rules when it comes to picking my audience. Uh, rule number one is if you're the guy that points at somebody else, you just picked yourself, and trust me, the entire room will be on my side. Uh, because then it keeps them from being, everybody else from being picked. Uh, the other one is if you, I call for a volunteer and people start to, like, take a drink of water or they look around, uh, I know they're purposely trying to avoid the situation. So, again, those people always seem to be uh, the most fun on stage when I get those up there. Uh, but definitely I learned that to get audience participation, I just have to start a conversation with somebody in the audience involved, and then they come right up on stage. But I would say about 70% of my audience now, or 70% of my tricks are audience participation at this point. And uh, is there, um, and I'll understand if you don't want to answer this, but has there ever been uh, uh, an audience participant that you, uh, that you called up that you regretted calling up and helping you? Yeah, uh, quite a few times uh, things just don't work out. And, you know, this is where if this happens, and, and I don't mean to talk ill about anybody, uh, you know, that struggles with different things in their life that restrict them from doing anything. Uh, but there's, you know, when I set up my show at this point, like I said, I'm just simply an actor playing the part of a magician. So my music is set to every trick for a specific reason because it creates that feeling. Um, and I remember, you know, of course I have to deal with the hecklers, the people that just don't want to be a part of it, that kind of fight the tricks, uh, that maybe even try to purposely make it go wrong. But I remember there is uh, a routine that I was doing that was very heavy on them handling items. They had to handle cards and coins and all these different things. And the person that came up to help me out uh, raised their hand and wanted to be a part of the show. They get up there, and I found out that they had a disability where they were not able to actually use their hands. Um, and so in that moment, I slightly panicked 
a little bit and had to figure something out. Um, and, and it worked out great. They enjoyed it. The audience didn't know any different because they didn't know what trick I was going to do. Um, but it did kind of throw off my entire show as to the order of things that were going to happen. Uh, while that was no fault of the audience members or even my own, uh, it was one of those moments where I had a mild panic attack. Like the rest of my music and the rest of my show is not going to line up because now I have to do a different trick altogether. Uh, but I did take it as a learning experience. And basically, I always have one or two things ready to go in case something like that happens to where the person maybe isn't able to perform the trick or doesn't want to perform the trick. Uh, so it doesn't mess off up the rest of my show. It's just an added feature, added routine that's now in the middle of that moment. Uh, we have uh, uh, Travis Snyder, our guest here. We've got about uh, three minutes here left. And uh, for those of you who listen to our show on a regular basis, if you go to our Facebook page, Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday, you like that. Go to 89.1 Kids FM page, like that. Do a $10 month donation to Power Tower. We'll get you automatically qualified to win an autographed picture from past guests, current guests, future guests. And I do believe that uh, you are sending us a few, or they are on the way, or they've arrived. Uh, yeah, they should be. I, I can check on that for you, but yeah. Okay. And one other thing, I, I, subject I do want to talk about, like I said, we've only got a few minutes left. And uh, as a magician, I, I, you know, you've been a magician for a long time. But uh, at the time, it was, it was pretty controversial. But uh, to me, it actually got people talking about magic again. Uh, as, did you have an opinion any way, one way or the other, on the masked magician in those uh, specials? <laughs> yeah, so that's... Uh, that's funny that you bring that up because, you know, that was somebody that I wanted to watch when I was learning magic. Because I was like, okay, great, he's going to teach me how to do magic. And for somebody wanting to learn, especially, you know, before YouTube and all that stuff was a thing, I was so excited when that first came out. And I loved every bit of it. And then it got reborn and re-released probably in the last six years. They released it on Netflix. They, they put it on there. And I was like, oh, no. Um, and, of course, you know, magicians have their forums their places to talk and stuff. And uh, now that we know who that magician is, there's a magician by the name of Val Valentino, uh, no longer performs, uh, has kind of been pushed out of the whole magic world, essentially. Uh, but it created a, a moment where magicians had, were forced to come up with new methods because all the methods they had had already been exposed for the big grand illusion. So it forced us to get out of our comfort zone, create new ideas, new things, and I think we're better for it because of it. So uh, I think it's good to get things shaken up every now and then. Well, you know, I'll tell you, um, I think one of the uh, I think one of the biggest things that uh, was uh, was the kicker was the fact that you know there were magicians like spending like thousands of dollars on these tricks, and then he's coming on exposing it and like taking away the thunder from those magicians. Yeah, absolutely. And there's still some very well-known magicians today that are doing the exact same thing on YouTube um, just to get those clicks and views. And they're not even really being uh, posted as exposure videos, but they're exposing a trick as a prank on somebody else. And it's creating that same exact uh, discussion in the magic community that they should not be posting a video this way because they're showing the backside or the workings of the illusion the audience doesn't get to see as a way to say that they're going to prank somebody or scare them by this person jumping out and being produced from this location. Uh, so it's always going to be there. There's always going to be people exposing stuff just for their views and their popularity. But, um, yeah, 
yeah, I don't know. It just comes down to going back to it where it's just entertainment at the end of the day. So as long as you can entertain an audience, the trick doesn't matter. That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, you have been such a great guy, Travis, and we do appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule uh, to join us tonight, and you are so wonderful, and, you know, it's funny, we actually booked you a year ago, and uh, we finally got this done, so we do appreciate uh, you being with us, and you are awesome. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. Thank you for your time. All right. That was uh, Mr. Nye, Travis Nye, the magic guy. Uh, so, hey, uh, you know, I, I love magicians, and I, I loved uh, I loved Travis, and I was, like I say, I could not wait to get him on. Uh, I, I wish we could have had him on earlier, but, you know, it's just things just, you know, happen. You know, we're, uh, and I'm proud to announce, uh, not that anybody cares, but we are actually booked solid on our schedule now until the end of 2025. Can you guys believe that? Wow. Same. Yeah. Wow. And, uh you know, it's uh, and it's not just because of me. I mean, Matthias, uh, people tune in to listen to you uh, have your chat, and then Scott, you've been a great addition uh, to the show as well, and we're we're hoping that you're going to stick with us. Uh, uh, and I guess you'll be with us at least till October, the way I understand. And uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Granny Hawks made an appearance, and uh, uh, it was. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Matthias, you and I have known Granny for a long time, and it's really sad what's going on there. Yeah, I mean, when she initially left, I had communicated with her and just, you know, because then I asked her what was going on, and she kind of laid it out for me uh, in general. And every once in a while, I've been just making sure everything's been okay uh, in regards to this because, I, I, I mean, I keep in contact with her every so often just to make sure uh, you know, she's okay, but, you know, to finally hear uh, tonight what's going on, um, I was asked to do a small video for her husband, and uh, it was an honor for me to be able to do that. He's been fighting this since August, and as uh, Granny was saying, you know, it's it's an unfortunate thing where you don't know you have it until it's in the later stages. It was like when I went to the hospital um, just for stomach pain, and I found out I had mono, COVID, kidney disease, and a bunch of other things just boom, boom, boom at once. Like, I had no idea I had until, you know, something minor happens, and you go get checked in, and then boom, you've got something huge, and you didn't even know it. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, I, I will admit, I uh, I have uh, I have not reached out, and the many reasons why I have not, I do feel guilty about this. Everybody knows I love Granny Hawkster. Uh We've been together for years. But the reason why when someone is ailing, I don't reach out because I don't know what to say. And I don't want to say the wrong thing or ask the wrong thing. It's a lot different than it is doing a radio interview, guys. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, 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 and you know, you can, like, there's not, there's, there is uh, only so much you really can say in regards to the stuff. You know, it's, it was basically, you know, just, hey, how are things going? What's the update? What's going on? There was never really anything too definitive, too uh, detailed going on. Uh, it was just kind of a small update in regards to things. But, you know, I mean, to hear everything that's going on now is just its insane. And, unfortunately, it's nothing really you can control. It's nothing that really can be helped. Um, but both her and her husband have been fighters through this, 
and uh, I know she'll have a, a tough battle ahead uh, once her husband finally uh, does pass away. Um, not sure how long that'll be, but when it does, she'll all, she'll have a bigger battle on her hands. And uh, I've been I've been um, reaching out, like I said, every once in a while to check in. But I've also been sending prayers um, constantly for them, just to just to check in to make sure everything's all right with everybody. Well, you know, I I got a uh, I got a big event coming this uh, up this weekend. I wanted to give you guys a little bit of a hint. Take a listen. Oh, hey Scott, how you doing? Al here. I'll let you set this to me. Um, I know you're super busy. You got a lot going on. Uh, I'm really I'm to bother you, but um, no, well, there, there's something I've been meaning to tell you, and I'm afraid it just can't wait any longer. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear God. And uh, that was uh, uh, that was a little hint there. Uh, I guess it was a big hint. My birthday is actually on Saturday. Uh, I turned a big four six, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, I do appreciate the listener that sent uh, that uh, little Al Weird Al Yankovic tribute to myself. And I do appreciate that. Uh, what do you got going on this weekend, uh, Matthias? Well, uh, last weekend I was in a wrestling, I was in a tag team match where uh, I was supposed to win the all-weight championship, uh, but apparently it was only for a match for it, so I've got a big plan coming up for that. Uh, That was last weekend. Uh, This weekend, uh, might be watching the Royal Rumble, Uh, not sure yet, Uh, but in a couple of weeks here I will be, uh, I'm just basically training and prepping for my big APW World Heavyweight title match because uh, just two weeks ago I was supposed to be in Owen, Wisconsin on the 13th to defend my title, but the weather canceled that, so it's just basically the next few weeks I'll be prepping for my big title match uh, coming up in in February. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, we got about uh, 30 seconds here left before uh, our music hits, uh, and uh, as everybody knows, uh, we're here every Monday night from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Central Center Time, right here on 89.1 KENS FM, www.kensfm.com. Check it out. And uh, as always, remember, it's not goodbye. It's just good night. Love each other. Care for each other. Be safe. As always, come back. Join us every Monday night right here on 89.1 KENS FM. And with that being said, uh, you'll be back next week with us. And Scott Hand will be with, uh, with us next week. Uh, check out our Facebook page, uh, Attitude Era Monday Live Mondays. Find out who we're going to have on. That usually drops around Wednesday afternoon. So uh, until then, stick with us. We love you. And we are here. You think you know me?
two CDs in our So here's another song CDs. Thanks for listening to 89.1 Ken's FM. We are listener-supported radio, so the programming you hear on our station is funded by our members and these local and area businesses. The Joe Irby Law Firm is a proud sponsor of 89.1 Ken's FM. We're located at 403 Center Avenue, Suite 409 in Moorhead, Minnesota. We focus on business startups, business litigation, criminal defense, family matters, and contract writing and review. More information is available by calling 1-866-933-4544 or on the website at joeirbylaw.com. That's J-O-E-I-R-B-Y-L-A-W.com. The Joe Irby Law Firm, where we take sides. Yours. You're listening to 89.1 Ken's FM, KNNZFM, Holly, Fargo, Moorhead. Independent public radio for Fargo, Moorhead, and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. For Feature Story News in Singapore, I'm Patrick Falk. The UK and US have carried out a fresh series of joint strikes on Houthi targets in Yemen. A joint statement from the U.S. Department of Defense and the U.K. described them as proportionate and necessary following continued attacks against international and commercial shipping and naval vessels transiting the Red Sea. According to the Pentagon, the strikes hit eight targets, including an underground storage site as well as Houthi missile and surveillance capability. This is the eighth strike by the U.S. on Houthi targets in Yemen and the second joint operation with the U.K., They say their aim is to de-escalate tensions and restore stability in the Red Sea. They also warned the Houthi leadership that they will not hesitate to defend lives in the face of continued threats. The Houthis have launched dozens of attacks against merchant vessels in the waters since November in response to Israel's military operation in Gaza. Former U.S. President Donald Trump remains the clear frontrunner on the final day of campaigning ahead of Tuesday's New Hampshire primary. The Northeastern state is the second to vote on which Republican should lead the party to challenge Joe Biden in November's election. Nick Harper reports from Manchester, New Hampshire. This time tomorrow, voting will already be under...